Brendan's View condos are presented by Irish Realty. Only a few luxury units remain. Tailgate on the Brennan's View's rooftop deck, just steps from Eddy Street Commons and the Notre Dame campus. Take advantage of a $2,500 buyer's upgrade package through the end of November. Check out Brennan'sView.com or IrishRealty.net. Appreciate the folks over at Brennan's View, um, presented by IrishRealty.net for sponsoring this week's Notre Dame football show. This is Mike Singer. He's Tim Hyde. And yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Notre Dame football recruiting, Notre Dame football, reflections on the Navy game, looking to Boston College, what's next, talk some Notre Dame quarterback recruiting. Finally, seems like Notre Dame has some good news on the quarterback recruiting front in the 2023 cycle. You love to hear that. Um, Folks, hope you are doing well. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not done so yet. And for podcast audience... As always, we recommend you come over to YouTube um, and, and uh, enjoy. You know, you can't, you know, watch, watch the videos that we, we put up on the screen and you can see Tim Hyde's beautiful haircut and, you know, my grimacing face every once in a while when I think Tim or, or Goolsby some, say something ridiculous. But, uh, Tim, how you doing, man? Doing awesome. Awesome. Uh, ready to roll. Big week coming up. Got senior week against the mighty uh, Boston College Eagles. So, Mighty. Uh, well, they're uh, well. They're always going to be mighty uh, since I watched the 1993 game live, which is still. I mean, it's amazing when you talk BC. It's all anyone ever talks about is 93. But uh, God. But uh, yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's won. I think won eight in a row against the the Eagles. So it's a fun game because yeah, everything stems from that big giant upset, and uh, BC's had Notre Dame's number during some of those years as well. So. Uh, really excited for this game. Senior day is going to be cold. It's supposed to be like 20 degrees in South Bend. Not that weather matters to the Boston guys. We've been getting snow up here for the last 24 hours in, in New England. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, but get out of here with that mighty. They're three and seven. They're terrible. <laughs> it's funny. They just beat NC State last week. That's a good win. Obviously, it's a ranked NC State team. But on the road. On the road. All the road. But if you lose to UConn, and I guess UConn's better this year, but if you lose to UConn by double digits, I'm done with you. Yeah, I mean, hey, but Coach Mora, you know, just off the line, I mean, subject right there, he's done a heck of a job with UConn. I don't know. Are they bowl eligible? I thought I I saw that. Yeah, yeah, okay, so let's go into a bowl. Taking UConn to a bowl, so. But but when you say UConn, senior day, uh, there's another huge uh, upset in the – oh, did they play on senior day during the Weiss years? I can't remember, but – there was a big upset during, I think, Weiss. All right, Tim. Let's. Oh, let's my God. There's too many when you start talking senior day. Let's talk good things. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, get into our uh, best of the week. And, and folks, if you are watching live with us, you can drop a super chat if you have any questions you want answered right away. And if you're watching back, I believe if you check under the video, there's like a super thanks. Tim and I read every YouTube comment on these videos. So if you're not able to join us live, but you still want to. Um, support us you you can do that so tim will go to the best of the week and uh yours is about notre dame's quarterback commit in the 2024 class cj Carr. yes talking an entire year away so but uh yeah cj Carr. i know i i know you did a great interview with him over there on blue and gold so uh yeah you you know posted his highlight and you know just talking about his senior year yeah it's uh the guy could sling it. He he's fun to watch, and 
And I'm a big fan of like when Notre Dame offers these guys, look at that throw. That thing is so on the money. It's pathetic. Uh, no, I love seeing the improvement from these sophomores because everything's, you know, two years ahead now in recruiting. So seeing these guys grow from their sophomore to junior year, a lot of films coming out of, of, of the, especially the 2023 class as well. But some of these younger guys, Cam Williams just posted his, I saw some Peter Jones film recently. So it's just nice watching this. And obviously CJ Carr just, you know, he's, he's the crown jewel when you get an elite quarterback like that. Um, He's a stud. He really is. He's fun to watch. Yeah. I was talking to somebody on the phone today and they were asking me about Carr to kind of explain his game. And, um, what, what would you say his number one trait is, Tim? Like, what is the accuracy, right? His accuracy, which is going to be about the other quarterback that we're going to talk about as well coming up here. Very accurate. Um, could sling it. I like the fact that he runs like he runs around and he's always looking for a guy. He's not looking to scramble. He's not looking to go get – he wants to get it to his buddies. He wants to get it to the playmakers. And you see on his highlights, I mean, all the time when he's just moving around, his eyes are downfield like right here. If I ready to get sacked, he knows – I mean, there's a running back swinging out to the left, and he knows, boom, I know where that guy is. He always seems to have a great control of his offense where he's at, yeah. great coaching that his coaches have obviously done because he, he knows where all these guys are. I mean, look at him scrambling, and you saw him live. His offensive line is a bunch of, you know, seventh and eighth graders from what it sounds like. A bunch of – I'm joking, obviously. That's how young they are, you know, because I've gone and read some of the papers out there in Michigan about the inexperience, and it was a first-year group. But uh, – he's It's scoring That play, yes. I remember we talked about that last one. I think that was one of my best of the weeks one time. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, he's he's fun. His accuracy. Look at his footwork. Look at that throw. That was ridiculous. As he's getting crushed. So um, very interesting. He's coming back. Obviously, I know you've interviewed and talked with him. That was the yeah, he's not thing about getting him reclassifying. But yeah, he wants to come back and win a state championship. And that's what high school football is all about. So I'm really excited to see him grow and develop. And hopefully he goes to the Elite 11 next year and tears it up. Yeah, tar- as far as this traits i think accuracy his pocket presence is outstanding i think that's that's so good and then uh his just football iq is i mean it's very good you look at his bloodlines of course his grandfather's lloyd Carr. His dad played um quarterback in michigan um and um his grandfather man why is this not coming to me on the top of my head but is i think it's his grandfather um, on his mom's side was an all-American safety at Michigan. So, um, yeah, it's it's outstanding. And, yeah, he's a really good athlete too. Like yes. he can he can move. Like he's uh, – to me, he's just that modern-day quarterback. That's you know, a great – If you don't have the strongest – if you don't have a super strong offensive line. Um, but also like you saw against Navy, sometimes you can have a good offensive line, but teams just come after you. You – have to be able to evade the rush. Like you just got to make a, a, yeah. a grown man play. And CJ Carr has certainly learned how to um, evade rushers this past season. Oh, okay. I'm a huge fan of CJ Carr. Oh, I agree. He's, he's, he's a heck of a football player, quarterback, all that. I mean, I've been watching indie football for a long time. He's, I mean, I put him up there in the Jimmy Clausen category of just being a, a thrower, a true quarterback, um, Notre Dame didn't really get any of these guys. And they had good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. They had some really good players. 
during the Kelly years and whatnot. But CJ Carr just has, like you're saying, some intangibles, his pocket presence, the way he moves. He's a much, he really, when you watch him scramble, he could take off and go 50 yards. He, he is really, really a good looking athlete when yeah. he's out there on the move, but he throws the ball unbelievable in the way he gets it to his playmakers. I, I'm really excited to just see him grow, develop, let Marcus Freeman get another year under his belt. So when he, CJ Carr comes in, it's year three. He's got his program established and a great foundation built around CJ Carr when he comes in and, and see what he happened. You know, the competition at the quarterback is going to be awesome at Notre Dame in a couple of years. Yeah. i uh, got a super chat from David, um, uh, a longtime supporter of Blue and Gold YouTube. Says, Money Mike and Tim, can you give us a down and dirty comparison between CJ and Kenny? I'm not asking for you to say one is better than the other, just a snippet. I mean, they both. That's the first thing. Is, you know, both these guys, they both, they both are very similar to the way they throw off, you know, off a of one foot sidearm on some, the flick of the wrist, getting the ball out. They're, they really are very comparable in their pocket presence. They both want to throw the ball down the field. So, two darn good football players, and um, it's a, it's a big uh, pickup for Coach Freeman and the fellas there to work him keep probably slow contact here and there. Cause I know, I know you mentioned, you know, in your, you know, interviews I love with Darren Pritchett where they reached out to him early and he was the one that the staff wanted, but he was comfortable with Pitt. So things have, things change and Notre Dame has a great history with flipping quarterbacks. They've, they've gotten a handful of them during the Kelly years that were all starters. So they do have a good track record with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, both have been coached very well. I know Kenny Minchie's quarterback coach, like a private trainer. Um, I know Carr's probably going to trade down in Florida in this offseason. Uh, Will Hewlett is a, is a well-known quarterback's coach. So when you see all those like off-platform throws that have been so popular in, in the past few years yep. with guys like you know Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes doing it at the NFL level, that's trickled down. And they're, I mean, at first when you see – these high school quarterbacks practicing that I'm like, can't, can't we just get the fundamentals down first? Like, why do we got to do all this crazy stuff? It's like in basketball, everyone's just jacking up threes, you know, that's, that's kind of, but I, I've come around to it because like CJ Carr and Kenny Minchie are, and we're, we're going to dive more into Minchie here and kind of give you guys, if you're like, who the heck's Kenny Minchie? Why are we talking about this? We're going to dive into him a little bit more, but they do have such a strong base and foundation as quarterbacks. And then, when things do break down, they got to throw off one foot or, um, you know, they're, they're just in uncomfortable situations. You have to train to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Cause you watch Minchie, it looks like he's just kind of going through the motions. He's just chilling yeah. back there. And that is a huge compliment to him. Uh, and again, we will dive into um, his tape. Um, well, super chat here. And then uh, actually we got a, Jojo, we're going to get to your super chat in a bit because we, we're, we're going to talk more about Minchie um, later, just in, in a few minutes. But Tim um, McCarty asked, are you surprised the O-line wasn't a Joe, Joe Moore Award finalist? What does the O-line look like next year? Yeah, the yeah the list that came out yesterday was the semifinalist. So that was you know the semifinalist. They always pick three in their finalist. No, I, was, I wasn't surprised. I know it was a big uproar. On the message board, Twitter, people losing their minds. Me personally, no, I I mean, they had Navy game stuck in their head when the committee met on Sunday to start racking down their 
you know, their, their semifinal group. So, no, I'm, I'm not surprised. Sure, you could talk about Clemson all you want, but Notre Dame has had some bad games on the O-line, and you grade the offensive line from start to finish. You don't just take, oh, they were great in one game against the fourth-ranked team in the country. So, obviously, they had great games at UNC, who's highly ranked. Syracuse, they manhandled. I mean, you know, Brigham Young, they got after it rushing the ball. They've had some unbelievable games. They really have this season. But some of those bad games have really stuck out. And at the end of the day, it's it's hard to put them up in that group, especially when you look at stats, rushing, yards per carry, yards rushing a game, sack percentage, all those things go into account. And and that committee, there are a couple of guys on there I know. I know those guys watch a lot of film. So, and I'm I'm pretty sure Notre Dame was up high and probably I wouldn't be surprised if they were the last ones to go because of the, the vast improvement they've made from Marshall until Clemson and then the Navy, the you know, first half they're unbelievable, second half not. But um and that and, and real quick on the Joe Moore award, it is the five linemen. They don't worry about if a running back misses a block or a tight end misses a block. They only focus on the five and they watch how that five works in unison. So um, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yep. As far as next year, it's real easy. You're going to have three studs returning and who the heck's playing guard. We'll, we'll, we'll know by April. I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you return your bookend tackles. Yep. What, 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 do, what do you think on the interior? Oh my God. I mean, seriously. I mean, we just flipping coins, right? It's, is Christophic going to come back for a fifth year? Does he take his grad transfer and go somewhere? Where's Rocco, right? It's, you know, that's the old question. You know, Pat, you know, is Pat Coogan going to be? I know he was uh, talked a lot about during the fall. I've always seen his name out there. Uh, do they move him to guard? Billy Shroud, who was a stud recruit. They're, they have bodies, and it's going to be an intense competition to see who the starting two are going to be. But there's four or five names right from the get-go, and it's going to be a battle. Yeah. I almost forgot my best of the week. Heck, speaking of uh, these awards, how about a special teams coordinator being a Broyles, Broyles Award nominee, which is yes. – Broyles is what, best coordinator? Top yeah, assistant the coach? assistant of the year. The assistant yeah. of the year. It seems like every week I'm tweeting, pay Brian Mason. And every time I do it, everybody loves it on Twitter. So I'm just going to keep doing it every time they have the big special teams play, which at this point it's a surprise if Notre Dame – like it, you, I feel like it's special teams if you just don't screw up Job well done, right? But now it's the opposite. Now, or, or excuse, not the opposite, but now it's taken to an extent of it's you're expecting that that Notre Dame special teams unit to make big plays. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic. Love it's, it. Oh yeah, real quick on that is like with seven blocks, the most in what Notre Dame history. But what's so impressive is six different guys have a block. It's not just two guys. It's six dudes that have had a block. And that is the most impressive thing when you look at that, especially that unit. But then you go, the punting has been outstanding as well. So you mix those two units that they've been great this year. Yeah. And even punt returns. I think Brandon Joseph, I know he didn't you know play against Navy, but he's top 20 in punt returns this year. So so they're blocking punts and getting solid yards on returns. So yeah, it, it'd be awesome to see him in the finalists because obviously the OCs, DCs always get the hype, but. He's been getting a lot of pub on ESPN, ABC the last couple of weeks. And if yeah. he could get into the final five, that's a huge victory for a special teams coach. 
Yep, folks wanted to remind you that today's uh, today's um, Notre Dame football show is brought to you by Brennan's View Condos, presented by Irish Realty. Only a few luxury units remain. Tailgate on the rooftop deck just steps away from Eddie Street Commons and the Notre Dame campus. Take advantage of a $2,500 buyer's upgrade package through the end of November. Check out Brennan'sView.com. All right, Tim, what is our next segment today? Let's see. Let's, let's talk a little Notre Dame Navy. Um, Thinking back, reflecting on that second half. And, and again, folks, if you're just joining us, thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. I, I, I'm going to keep saying it until we hit 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So go tell your friends about us. Uh, but yeah, Tim, th- just, you know, as you reflect on, on this game, what have been your thoughts? Yeah, well, just reflecting and then, Obviously, I've gone back and rewatched it. I went back and rewatched the, you know, just focused on the offense and just what in the world happened. Yeah, I saw your message board thread about that oh. second half offense, and it was, oh, a, it was awesome. You did outstanding work, but I was like, oh, oh God, geez, here we go. Yeah, it was so much fun in the conversations. It's just, you know, uh, you know, getting talking some Notre Dame football with everyone, but it was just like me personally and rewatching the game, especially focused on the second half. I think that I really do think those guys went in at halftime, had some jelly donuts, drank some milk, and we're just hanging out. Let's get rid of it and let's get out of here. I, I do. And it shows on the field, you know, not that it just does. And I go back to, okay, where, where had Notre Dame been the previous two weeks? Massive, intense football games on the road at Q's, the night game thriller against Clemson. You, Coach, you got to give kudos to Coach Freeman because he had those dudes jacked up. They came out and handled business against Navy, go up 35-13. Ten straight quarters of, of high energy, intense football. Notre Dame's just dominating games out there, and they relaxed. And the thing about Navy is they don't relax. Those dudes just keep going. And, yeah, I know I, I call it the overreaction, but if you, come, if you sit back, guys have watched a lot of Notre Dame-Navy games over the years. I mean, what outside of some blowouts, this is pretty common. Navy, I mean, right there, I mean, Navy just plays its butt off against Notre Dame. There are so many close games over the years. Uh, Notre Dame did win the game. Yes, they stunk in the second half. You can't get around that. They did. They stunk. The whole group stunk all over the place. Navy went multiple, what, 80-yard, 75-yard drives, which has been a theme for the defense this year. Yeah, you know, scored at will, turned it into an onside kick game at the end. But uh, it's 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 great. I mean, look at Navy's won games recently. You know, since you know the Weiss years. You know, Weiss lost twice, Kelly lost twice. At the end of the day, you hate to say it, but it is so true. You get out of there. But Mike Golick Jr. I know had a big uh, on Twitter yapping with fans and all that, and he just said at the end of the day, you don't want to play Navy. You got to play Navy. You get a win. You get the heck out of there because the. Film doesn't matter. You're not going to fate. You're not going to play that defense anymore. And offensively, sometimes you're not going to play the same type of offense because against Navy, you're doing different things because when they have the ball, they're going to chew up 10 minutes. So you have to play a different brand of offense as well. So, you know, it was a uh, get the heck out of Dodge once that fourth quarter hit Mike and, uh, and they survived. It's, it's probably not an unpopular take, but they survived and they're seven and three move on, get the living heck out of there. Oh, I guess it's time to talk Drew Pine. <laughs> Drew Pine, which no, 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 no my turn. Eighty-one percent passing, which is uh, listen, listen. That's my 
not going to be unpopular or it's going to be popular to talk about. As I, I've said in our past two shows, I've n- never seen a player account for five touchdowns and get this much of ridicule and win the game. It's not like you, you, you five touchdowns and then do the, the pick to lose the game. Get that. I know. It's like, you know what? It's like, damn. Notre Dame's offense, Notre Dame sucked in the second half. It's Drew Pine's fault that Navy took 10 minute drive on the opening uh, drive in the second half. The hell do you want Drew Pine to do about that? I, I just don't get it. Just don't get it. Just uh, I don't I don't get why he gets as much hate as he does. It, it's yeah, ridiculous to me. It it is because the expectations are oh you got to win a national championship. It's like well well that was out the door after Marshall. So it's like let's get real when you're zero and two. You're not going national championship. Pine is awful. It's like Pine's Pine's awfully sucks. I think folks don't know what a like a truly awful quarterback is. I'm talking twelve touchdowns, sixteen picks. You know, like just does not take care of the ball. Fumbles a total liability that is not that's not it right now that's that's not the case is he great no but this just like and it's like oh my gosh singer's just out here saying oh how great droop what i'm not saying that i'm not saying that i'm just saying good god like he's not you know the turd he just just dropped in the toilet like this is not that's not true I was. That's why I went back and watched the second half because could he have gotten the, rid of the ball a handful of times? Sure, but there was his buddies, as I like to call them. Those guys blocking for him did not block. I mean, it's how the heck can you throw the ball if no one blocks? And I'm going back to Josh Lud got beat multiple times, multiple times, bad blocks. The running backs blocked that in the second half. As I, you know the best tight end in America, a guy who's, by the way, Notre Dame just posted a half hour ago or so is a semifinalist for the Maxwell Award for the best player in the country, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer got bold rushed so bad by 175-pound DB into Drew Pine as he's getting ready to throw. That's, by the way, the one Dan Orlaski talked about, which was a touchdown to Brendan Lindsay's wide open. Well, you can't throw the wide open pass for a touchdown if you're All-American tight end is getting bull rushed into Pine for a sack. That's why the focus was, wasn't there in the second half. And focus comes in blocking. The blocking wasn't there. There was a handful of times Pine could have gotten some crossers off and things of that nature. He held the ball. It, it happened. It was a complete lack of focus at times. But some of those plays were his buddies just not taking care of him. And the quarterback, you can't throw when you're getting crushed. He had three sacks, Mike, on one drive. Three! Where guys were just bull rushing right into him. So, And Notre Dame's got big, strong, physical dudes. It was a little ridiculous at times. And, um, you know, yeah. and, and real quick on Pine. Pine, I, hey, stats are stats, right? He's number 31, Mike, in the, in the country in passing efficiency. 31. Guess who he's tied with, by the way? Some guy named Bryce Young, who's a Heisman Trophy winner. Tied for 31st with Bryce Young. He's in the top 50. So he's in the top upper half of the country in almost every I went, I was just looking at a stat state comparing him. He's not in the bottom really of anything. He's um yards per game, but that's a little lower. He's in the bottom. But for stats, when he throws things of that nature, he's in the top 50 in so many categories passing. Yeah. We're, like, like you're saying, we're not saying he's a Heisman Trophy guy. We're not saying he's a second team all-American and things of that nature, but he's done enough 
to win some football games this year. Yeah. And All his right. first half was outstanding. Yeah. You can't, oh can't deny five touchdowns. Yeah. All right. A few things. Drunk Vigo says, never seen Singer so emotional. <laughs> My friend, you should have seen when when Mo Salah scored that goal against Man City earlier this season. I mean, that was when I really lost it. I've never as much as I did that. Tim, I'm getting a little echo from you, so I'm going to have to mute you when I'm talking, my friend. Um, and, and then this comment from Terrence. He holds the ball way too long. Stop making excuses. Buddy, what, what excuses are we making? What, 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 what's, what's the excuse? Let me ask you something. Would you rather um, get sacked or throw a pick? What, what, do you, what do you want? It's not making an excuse. Could he get rid of the ball? Yeah, but this is the thing. It's... It's it's this comment on the Pine Sucks crowd, or there's the very pro Pine crowd, which is like just points to seven and one as a starter. And I'm like, everyone's, I mean, Braden Lindsay's seven and one since Pine. Like, it's it's not, you can't just be like, well, Pine's seven and one. It's a team sport. It's not him. This isn't tennis. So I don't like either side of this. I don't like the, well, look at his record as starting quarterback. Because, what, do you think he had a big hand in, in the in the Clemson game when he threw 85 yards? No, it's, it's I, I, I don't like that. Maybe in the NFL when, like, I'm a Dolphins fan, right? Tua is undefeated this season when he plays, when he started the, and played the full game. They are defeated when it's the opposite. I think in the NFL, it's a little bit different or when you're just so quarterback centric, but Notre Dame this season, no, it's not all reliant. I mean, Drew didn't really need to do much against Clemson. Heck, they could have won that game, you know, just with the defensive special teams pretty much. So, all right. All right, Tim. No, I was going to say, someone just said in the comment, you know, that I said, oh, he's in the top 50. So that must mean he's in top, you know, bottom half of power five. No. Top 50 in the entire country for Division One. There's 131 teams that play Division One football. So when you're ranked 31st in passing efficiency, you're a, you're better than 100 other quarterbacks in the country. So that's what someone just posted in there. No, when you're in the top 50, there's 131 quarterbacks being ranked. So um, you know what? It it was a bad half, as we say. We could say it a thousand times. I think the overreaction was crazy. They won the game. They dominated the first half. They relaxed. And I think it was more of a team thing than it was just the quarterback. <sighs> this is my thing. That's just my take when you, especially when you go back and someone always says, well, championship teams don't let off the, grass, the gas. It's not a championship 2022 team, fellas. They're getting ready to go to the, the holiday bowl for crying out loud, more than likely. So this is the team it is this year. Yeah, I agree. Pine's not losing us games. Um, Yeah, I, I just, I think it's a team thing. Like that, that Navy Second half, I think Pime gets some blame. Mayor, the running backs, the offensive line, Reese, everybody. I don't know how much blame you can give the receivers. Again, I I hate the broadcast view because you can't see downfield. It's like throw the ball. It's like, well, what if no one's open? You know, I don't know. Get rid of the, I mean, throw the ball away, maybe. I don't know, but I can't see. Would it be intentional grounding? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Moving along. Kenny Minchie. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so here's the story here, folks, if you have not been tuning into this. Minchie, 6'1", 205-pound quarterback from Pope John Paul II in Hendersonville, Tennessee, same high school as Golden Tate, by the way. He committed to Pittsburgh in April, and around that time, Notre Dame was still in the Dante Moore sweepstakes, you know, with Jackson Arnold. Ah, Jackson Arnold probably committed by OU by then, but, you know, Chris Vizina, you got all these guys Notre Dame's after. They don't get any of those. First guy they offer kind of after that whole saga ended, Kenny Minchie. Um, they offered Minchie before Austin Novus had the Baylor commit who, you know, had visited and ended up deciding to stick with his Baylor commitment. They offered Minchie, didn't go anywhere. Minchie was not interested, was very solid with Pittsburgh. As time has gone on, he's gotten more interested in Notre Dame. Um, and I think the allure of that fighting Irish football program kind of recruited Minchie, you know, I, I'm I, the Notre Dame staff has done a fine job here for sure, but I think that Notre Dame and like Notre Dame had keep, been keeping in contact and whatnot, just kind of here and there, maybe we, every week or two checking in with Minchie because obviously the staff has been desperate for um, a 2023 quarterback prospect, and uh, so they weren't, you know, going to say, "All right, Kenny, you're not reaching out to us. Well, we're done with you." They just kind of kept recruiting them. And uh, it's turned into, uh, I think this has kind of just worked out for Notre Dame. So he decommits from Pitt on, uh, was that Monday? Was that Monday? Tuesday? One of those days. I can't remember. I was at the dentist when he decommitted. It was just, you know, just happened to be at the dentist. Like, what are the odds? And uh, he's officially visiting Notre Dame this week. So when you kind of follow the action speak louder than words kind of thing, right? Like what's he actually doing? He's decommitting from Pitt. And then that same weekend, he's taking an official Notre Dame looks pretty good here. So that's kind of the rundown of Kenny Minchie. He's a four-star recruit on three consensus list. him as the number 240 overall player nationally and the number 14 quarterback. Um, we'll uh, pop on his tape for, uh, for YouTube audience. Tim, why don't you uh, tell us what you think? Yeah. Going back to what we talked about before, just, Nice, nice, you know, flip of the wrist there. He's heck of a thrower, very accurate. Uh, you know, he was an elite 11 quarterback. And I know I, I've said that before, but that is, I mean, that's 11, the 11 best quarterbacks that, you know, were selected for that thing at that competition, the hundreds of competitions they have in the country to select those guys. So look at that throw off the side, sidearm. He's, uh, and, and by the way, when he was at the elite 11, he won the, the accuracy competition. On, on one of the days out of all of those guys, he was the highest ranked accurate, most accurate quarterback at that competition. So uh, oh, I like him. He's, he's, I know look at that throw. Look at that throw. Uh, I, to, for me, I, and you can continue yeah. is I pocket presence. Look, yes. Drop. Oop. Just that subtle little shift to the right. Do you, you guys see yep. that? Just that quick movement. Oh, he, the, the rusher got inside of the back. Just nice little move to my right. Just calm. Look at that. Just calm delivery. Just a flick of the wrist. Like you said, go ahead, Tim. No, exactly. That's that is, 
he's, you know, you're, you know, arm strength, whatever. Look, look at that throw. That's, that's, that's a beautiful touch pass right there, right down the pike, down the middle of the field. He's got a presence about him. Like he's looking, looking to throw. He can run right there and go get 10, 15 yards, but he's looking downfield. It goes back to his, going back to what we talked about with CJ Carr, his awareness of where his guys are. He knows where his eligible receivers are, who's blocking for him. He has a really good pocket presence, as, as you said, just set up right there, shoulders square, get it to the guy. And uh, very accurate. The, I mean, a lot of this film is much like watching CJ Carr on, on some of these throws that he does. So outstanding quarterback, really good looking fundamentals. Yeah. Outstanding improvement from his junior. I remember, you know, we I went back and watched our video we did on him when he got offered in the summer. And there was a one throw where I said he looked like Mahomes and he's scrambling, throws it sidearm, thing goes 55 yards in the air. So he's got a lot of special tools coming to Notre Dame. He's a it's gonna be a heck of an addition. Look at that throw, another one on the side, right in front where the guy could catch it, right in front of him. So He's going to be a he's going to be a fun one to see him. Uh, is he an early enrollee? Is that the thing yep. that they're working? Is that uh, that's going to be official? I'd read uh, he was going to early enroll. Yeah, I'm pretty pick. sure. Yeah, yeah pretty so sure. I'm, I'm assuming so. He'll be there in the spring. See the competition. All the guys that are going to be out there playing, and um, hopefully, hopefully Buckner's back in the spring as well. So it'll be a fun, lively shows that we'll be doing in the spring as we learn about these quarterbacks. Yeah. Um. In a comment here. Uh, Super chat from JoJo says, how is this Minchie compared to Dante Moore? I know Dante is a five-star, but don't think they're that far off. Appreciate the the 499 JoJo. I um I I think Dante, just his natural arm talent might be the like one of the best you'll see. I think I don't know. Sometimes Dante's mechanics kind of just like just it, I think he he got a little too how do you say? Um too cute, too cute at times too, a senior year. Maybe too. I I would even say Dante can kind of get too confident. Like he just yeah. knows he's the guy, and he's just gonna do his thing. Yes. You know, like he just wants yeah. to, you know, just look look cool. But Dante's arm talent is isn't like he's just got uber confidence. Um, oh, I agree. I it's, agree. It's, it's tough. It's yeah. But go ahead, Tim. His out. No, I was gonna say on with Dante, his out routes are just beautiful. I mean, some of the film I've seen on him, he he. I mean. Same type of quarterback. I mean, you get all these quarterbacks. They very good accuracy. You know, there are so many of them are, you know, you could throw rankings in and whatnot. Sometimes it's what camp they go to or whatever it is of that type of thing. But uh, yeah, Dante Moore is damn good quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But Minchie does as many good things. If you compare both of their films side by side, I would say miles per hour. Dante probably has a little upper on Kenny, I would say maybe. But when it comes to accuracy issues, they're both very, very comparable and yeah. both move in the pocket. And you watch Dante and Kenny, they look the same in the pocket. Eyes down here. Yeah, same hair. Eyes downfield, moving in the pocket really good. Good fundamentals. They're this is a great class. You just go in the top 15, top 20 quarterbacks. I know Arch gets all the hype and all that. I, I'm a big fan of Malachi Nelson. I think he's outstanding. But you go from Dante down to a whole group. There's a bunch of these dudes. If you get one of them, you're high five in your staff. They're yeah. a bunch of good high school quarterbacks this year. How Bam has two of the top ten is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good quarterback class. It is. So there's Kenny Minchie, the top under or excuse me, the top uncommitted quarterback. But if you as we scroll on here, 
through the top 50, there's been one uncommitted player. There's two. And he doesn't have many big time offers, obviously. If Southern and I don't even know who NSU is, is his top. But the two. Washington kid right there, the Keyholtz kid, I've seen some of his film outstanding. Yeah. The Stokes kid, I know Notre Dame was looking at him way back when. I've seen some of his senior film, super, super athletic quarterback. There's it's a lot of really good quarterbacks this year. And it's yeah, always I mean, fun to go back and see who's who in three years and who's playing. Yeah. So Emery Williams, I know, is a good player. Aiden and Childs, if, uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Like yeah, yeah, Notre Dame was looking at him. Um, he's committed to Oregon State. Uh, Mac Howard was someone who Notre Dame had on campus multiple times when he was, yeah. you know, sophomore. Or so and um, the number thirty-four quarterback in the country. Um, Notre Dame didn't offer him, but yeah, as you look through the list, it's it's a Cal Swanson's a good quarterback who Notre Dame has looked at this. This uh, kid committed to US, UCF, Duncan, Jackson Small. I mean, some good quarterbacks. So it's a, it's definitely a deep class, which is more to the point of, man, Notre Dame, are you not? You're freaking Notre Dame. Are you not going to get one of these guys? So I think that for all of the struggles that Notre Dame's 2023 – like that's why I would never tell people to panic about 2023 quarterback recruiting. It just takes one. It just takes one of these guys to not love their current situation and say – Dang, Notre Dame? Notre Dame's available? Kenny Minchie's high school, guys, is again called Pope John Paul II. I don't know much about that high school, but if it's Pope John Paul II, I think that's pretty good for Notre Dame, right? I mean, you got the word Pope in there. I mean, what what, what else do you need here? That's a Notre Dame fit. So um, great kid. Everything I hear about him is, is perfect. Um, I think, I think, you know, and it looks very good for Notre Dame here. Um, you know, we'll see what happens after, you know, this official visit. He's never been to Notre Dame. And you know what? That's wrong. That's wrong. He, he did not at yeah. Notre Dame in 2021. I forgot about that. Um, so he's been there at least once, but, you know, he wasn't the, the main attraction at that point. So, um, yeah, we'll get a good look um, at Notre Dame. And I want to mention this. I know – if, if, if CJ Carr wanted to be the this question from Craig says, could Kenny Menchie commitment scare off CJ Carr? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Will it? I don't know. You got to ask him. But um, if CJ wanted to be the 2023 quarterback, he certainly had a lot of opportunity to do that. Um, but if I'm CJ Carr, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm a five-star caliber talent. I don't care who they bring in. They could bring in um, – uh, what was Eli Manning's um Penn State quarterback name? What was his uh something Powers? You don't know. Too much. Did you not yeah. see that Eli Manning when he went and camped at Penn as a joke? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I forget that. I forget the names. I did see the Powers. Thing. Someone will drop it in the YouTube. Yeah, comment. but real quick, yeah, they can't. That's not gonna scare off CJ Carr. CJ Carr, as you know, Mike wanted to commit months before he did commit. Yeah, and knowing that Notre Dame was in the right in the in the dogfight with with all those other quarterbacks, that, I mean, he wanted to commit before Dante visited, and then Dante visited. He still wanted to commit. He didn't care about 2023 yeah. and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a big thing at all. And real quick on the transfers that they got, you said the power of Notre Dame. They had openings before, and they got Everett Golson, who took him to a title game. Brandon Wimbush, Ian Book took him to two playoffs. Was a uh, Washington State decommitment. Notre Dame had an opening. They call him. Boom. He commits and within one week of getting the offer, visits, commits all within a week. So Chad Powers, there you go. 
So yeah, thank you, Micah. Great history of Notre Dame and decommitment quarterbacks. Yeah. All right, Tim. <laughs> I'm going to uh, let you uh, take a quick sip of water as uh, we hear from our sponsors, Rogue Shop, which is a husband and wife outfit as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shar, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow all of their products themselves and do everything by hand. The website to visit is rogueshop.com. There are products that will give you that euphoria, but um, that's not what you're looking for. There is so much more products that have been known to help um, from anything from stress to anxiety to chronic pain and insomnia. If you have a question about a product, you can um, head to rogueshop.com and jump on a chat with the owners. And guys, they are very helpful. They sent me product, explained everything, um, and even left me handwritten instructions as I, you know, I've never used any of these kind of products before. So um, their goal is holistic healing, making your life better. If you suffer, suffer from stress, insomnia, if, uh, you know, reducing inflammation is, is a route you can go with these products. Helps with anxiety, mood orders, topicals that are great, great for uh, pain in specific areas. Um, so when you want to go to sleep and stay asleep, this is the kind of product for you. Head to rogueshop.com um, and you can use promo code um, blue and gold on the website. Um, and that will get you 10% off your order. Again, guys, rogueshop.com. Use promo code blue and gold, one word. So B L U E A N D G O L D. Use promo code blue and gold, 10% off your order. All right, Tim, last topic of the day. Let me actually just see. We have some. Okay, we do have a couple super chats. Um, Jeff says, who is the better chance? Um, who is the better chance to land, Barnes or Smith? So you are referring to Khalil Barnes and um, Caleb Smith. Probably say Caleb Smith. Because his situation was kind of similar. So Barnes is a receiver from Georgia, former Wake Forest commits, um, who, who has a final three of Notre Dame, Clemson, and Oklahoma. Smith, Texas Tech decommit. So it's kind of similar to Minchie. Committed to a school, decommits, officially visits that week. Smith hasn't committed to Notre Dame yet, and I've even read some reports from Texas Tech folks that think that you know the Red Raiders are still seriously in consideration there. So, I, I, but then Barnes, he's got a commitment date right before signing day. So I think his timeline's a little bit more off, and then he's got that final three with no, with Clemson and OU in there. So I would probably say Smith, but I like Notre Dame to land both right now. So um, that that's my answer there, Jeff. Appreciate the super chat. Neil said, are you saying Minchie can start as a true freshman? I don't know. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? I still think they need to bring in a transfer. That's um, that's my thought there. Tim says, well, you should hold a raft full for the winter to have drinks and talk Notre Dame football with you too. Um, a raffle. What, a dollar raffle, a 50-50 raffle we, we do here? <laughs> <laughs> a bucket ticket? <laughs> oh, man. It is an interesting winter to have drinks. I would, I would love to. I've, I've met with, with you know, when I travel and I went to Memphis a few years back and had dinner with, uh, with a blue and gold subscriber. I was in Phoenix, 
um, last November and had dinner with, uh, you know, a couple of Notre Dame fans who, who read the site and, you know, um, heck I was in, uh, I told the story a few years, a few months back when I was in Mexico on vacation and a guy points at me and he goes, Notre Dame. I, I, I look around like, is this the team here? Like, is, is Marcus Freeman here? Like I'm, I'm in a resort in Mexico. I'm like, He's like, you're Mike Singer. I watch your YouTube. I was like, no way. No freaking way. I was just glad my wife was, was with me and she saw it and, and witnessed that because that will never happen again. That was ridiculous. Yeah. So that guy had drinks with me. Yeah. So all inclusive resort is that, that, that was, that was a, a, an amazing moment. I felt like a celebrity. It was pretty cool. Okay. Um, let's talk a little college football playoffs. I, I feel like a, like a, like a, like a turd right now. I feel like I'm, bragging about myself but that was so cool that was so cool Tim little happened to you soon um so up on the screen we have the college football playoff rankings on the left and then ESPN just has the AP top 25 on the right um but any um Notre Dame coming in at 18 both polls actually moving up two spots um in both of them so any any thoughts here Tim any as you look whether it's college football related or Notre Dame specific yeah I'm just I mean, at least when it comes to Notre Dame, it's it's all going to come down to the USC game. Obviously, I'm, I'm I think they're going to handle business at home. Senior day against BC, it's going to come down to USC. So you know, people could be up in arms or whatever. If, if they lose to USC, four loss Notre Dame with two losses to Stanford and Marshall are not going to be ranked. So even with a win against Clemson and and what in North Carolina, I, me personally, I think this committee will be like, yeah, you're done. So they'll be out of the top 25. If they finish nine and three, whew, they got a legitimate shot to really shoot up some spots because they're going to have a victory against, let's say the PAC 12 champion, right? And SC, if they take care of business against UCLA this week, that, you know, the ACC champion, they're going to be, they beat both of those guys in the title game. So Notre Dame will have a lot to say there. So who's to say these guys don't move up, move up uh, maybe into the top 12, which would be shocking. I know there's some wild scenario they could possibly get to at the Cotton Bowl, which would be you know, just crazy to think about. So yeah. other than that, I'm just, hey, I know, I know I saw some of your message boards today, which was fun talking about the top 12. Okay. Let's four, let's, six. I, I found it interesting. Yeah. So. What 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 do you think about that? I'll I'll pull it up. Sure. Um, I I, so I let, let, let me go first, Tim. I yeah, know no, that I there is a discussion. People talk about this. I don't pay attention to those discussions. To be honest with you, like I, I don't dive into what yeah. you know people are saying and what what the pundits are saying or even what the latest on this stuff is. But um, so here's a what if scenario on what a twelve team playoff would look like. For me, which by the um, way, real quick, it's yeah, wrong for, because you don't you, you got to have the the group of five. The highest ranked group of five needs to be in there. So, which is this Central you, oh, Florida. Okay, that's this is Utah. Yeah, so this I'm guessing this is just the top twelve teams. But yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I just think it. I think one, it devalues the regular season more. My argument was kind of like that. That Vikings Bills game was amazing, right? But in the grand scheme of it, it's really not going to make a difference. You know, like I want, I, I love college football because each game is so important. Like for your change, like if you lose to Marshall, it's, it's, it's over. Like I, but I think 
this turn if it's 12 team playoff call it the alabama invitational because a zero a zero loss alabama team one loss or two loss team they're making it every single season i mean alabama is going to make that every year with two losses and yeah the bills might because of the loss of the vikings might not host you know or get a first round by or host the playoffs you know to you know until the super bowl but wild card teams win the Super Bowl all the time. You're gonna tell me Alabama at the number eight in the scenario can't beat Clemson and then Georgia? Like they, they absolutely they could. They can you know they got Bryce Young. So it's, and then at this at what point is twelve not enough, Tim? And then it's sixteen, and then it's twenty four, and then it's and then it's well, why even have a regular season? Let's just make it an entire knockout. And then it's like, well, that's just now we're now we're just at square one. Now it's just the BCS all over again. Because BCS, if you lose one game, you're probably not going to make the BCS title game. I know well, um, you know, uh, it's happened before, and LSU won it at, with two losses, right? That was a crazy year. Um, well, is that right, Tim? They made it they made it with two losses in like 2010. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was one of those. Well, that was uh, the year they beat Ohio State and Marcus Freeman, uh, one of his years. So when they had two losses, that was that was a while. Everyone was losing like crazy at the end of the year. If you're talking about the LSU Bama rematch, that was 2011. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, but they each had a loss. Yeah, uh, that okay. was. Um, but anyways, I will. I just I don't like it. I think six is perfect. You do something like the five. I, I don't know. Maybe it's. See, I don't want to say your your five power conference or power five teams and then one group of five because then what if you have a you know a 20th ranked utah getting in you know over like a that's the, that's the thing I mean, there's something can... there there's something there six is my number i like six the best i i don't i mean i'm i mean someone was just posting right now i i love what someone just posted i think it was tom demay right here in the chat i loved what he just said it was up somewhere but uh me, per- I mean, it's twelve. It's, I think it's great. The top four get a buy. If yeah, it wasn't that. It was another one where he's just talking about this. You know, this guy. You know, it it still matters. You're playing for. He's talking about home field. You're you're still playing for home field. You're playing for the buy. So it's college football. Every game matters. So yeah, you can lose two, but you got to play an extra game. You got to do a play in game, and then you got to go up. Well, they want to be the road because those next games will be the uh, you know what uh, New Year's Six Bowls. So, it, it and when you say the I, I saw your post, I almost commented. I was like, no, I'm going to save this. But it's like when you say the Alabama Invitational. It's well, who was Alabama from 1995 until Nick Saban? There were nobody. They would have been. I think one time they would have been in in the playoffs. So people called it. Hold on, people would have said, well, it's the Lou Holtz Invitational in the 90s and the Miami Invitational in the 90s. It's college football. Where's Notre Dame been in the last 25 years since Holtz left? So as great as they were and all the playoff teams Lou would have been in if it was a 12-team, boom, that's gone after that. So me personally, things are – I mean, first off, it's Nick Saban. So, yeah, it's going to be the Alabama Invitational until he retires because he's the best, even though they have a couple losses this year. But uh, on the last play of the game, two losses, people think they're down. Heck, Notre Dame, you know, you lose two games on the last play of the game, that's that's not too shabby. Yeah. I – I like it. I like it. It stinks for Notre Dame, but because they're not in a conference, so they can never get a top four buy. But that's the rules that they're going to play with and agree to. I think me. I think it's cool. I love the group of five to slip in there some of the years. Yeah. 
a 12-0 Notre Dame, you get a home game in December, which is going to be awesome. You know you're probably going to play that group of five uh, champion at, in the 5-12 game. And uh, there's going to be some teams, remember Notre Dame's get I like the home game. I like I like the home game for those, you know, those seeds from five to, you know, five to what is it, five, six, seven, eight, whatever that could be. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that where it's going to be pretty cool atmospheres on those home, uh, those home turns. I would watch the hell out of it and love it. Oh, That's sure. for sure. Oh, I absolutely will. I mean, I, I will love it. But just as a, maybe as a college football purist to me. Uh, that I, I agree with, Mike. Listen, it's, it's, you ever watch um, like the, the, um, the March Madness selection and you got Jay Billis like just pounding his fist on the table. I cannot believe this team got snubbed. They were 18 and 12. And how are they not the 67th team? And it's like, good God, where, when does it yeah. stop? All we do is complain about literally everything. everything. So it's, oh, my God, this three-loss Alabama team, how did they not? Oh, it's like, I, I can't. And then it's going to be 16. It's going to be 24. It's not going to go that it big. Because it's, it's, it never it's, stops. And it's going to be an eight-game eight regular season because you have well, 14 playoff games to play for. It's, it's never going to get that It's never going to get that wild because the regular season is huge. Look at the ratings this year for some of these teams, some of these games that have happened. But when you say it's the Invitational, we're, I mean, Tennessee's been a doormat for 15-plus years. You know, the Utes are up in there. You know, LSU's been a mess the last two years. You know, obviously, Penn, I mean, Penn State's the most overrated team in the country. Yeah. Uh, right now yeah. With them, I don't know how in the heck they're so high up. They're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that you know, calling it the the Alabama Invitational, whatever Invitational, it's going to be ebbs and flows. So, um, I like it. I just and there's, I don't think you know. Another thing people always worry about the SEC. I don't think the SEC will get four teams in. You know, most years I think they'll always get three: the champ, the runner-up, and the and the next best. I think SEC will always get three in there. Uh, comment here, please tell me, D Rock, you're joking. College basketball wants to expand the tournament. Are you freaking kidding me? Now this is James comment money. Yeah, absolutely. It's it. I mean, it's gonna be cash cow. It's like I think like NBA 81 games is so many games. Like I think 60 is perfect. Why would they? Why would the NBA ever reduce from? And I think it should be 60. And I think your first round should be best of five. But what does that do other than lose money for the NBA? It's like, why would they do it? Opposite for, you know, for on the other end of the spectrum for college football. Why would you not do this? It is just, just more games means more money. So, and it, yeah, it, I would still love this. I mean, I love, I love single elimination, right? Yeah. As much as I love like, you know, Premier League soccer, there's not that tournament aspect of it, right? I think tournaments are awesome. Well, this 12 team tournament, I'm it would hoping be amazing. It would be amazing. 2024 is going to yeah. be amazing. You know, someone posted 11 and 1 Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame goes 11 and 1. They're going to get in. There's there's no doubt about it. So, yeah. 6, 8 would be more of my preference, but 12 would be fun. I like the setup cuz I like the home games. And these are these are going to be battles. And the fact that it's conference champ, so you get Let's say Alabama, you know, like this year, you get Michigan, Ohio State. You know, let's say that game goes 24-23. The winner is the top four. Even, you know, let's say Michigan loses by a point. Well, boom, you're not in the top four, so you have to play. 
you know, because it's only the champions. That's what I like. And I like the fact that group of five, one of those teams is going to get in. So that's yeah. going to be pretty cool. And you're yeah. who's ever playing them is going to be a dog fight because you know those guys are going to bring the house because you do not want to lose to the group of five if you're Alabama as the sixth seed. You know something else I kind of like in here? I like that it's an 8-9 matchup, 5-12, 7-10, That's the same as college basketball. Like yes. we know that that 5-12, you got an upset Bruin. That's the yep. spot. I love that. I think that so maybe maybe that's a, a kind of an odd take, but just well, like the numbers correlating with the March Madness tournament, I think that's really yeah. cool. Well, the eight nine now, now you're gonna you want to talk about controversy? You want to talk about you know Kurt Herb Street arguing if his Buckeyes are nine? Why did they get a home game sitting at eight? There's I mean that's gonna be huge controversy. Yeah. That eight nine because you're talking home games now. So yeah. you know, for these competitions, yeah. that's why I'm like. These games are still going to matter, it, you know. And I know people like, oh, they'll water down their preseasons. Then you're going to get dinged, like Michigan's preseason is cupcake. If they don't beat the Buckeyes, they're going to drop. They're yeah. going to drop because their preseason is so horrid. Yeah. And, um, me personally, and real quick, I hope I would love for them just to play 11 games, get rid of the 12s, get rid of the, you know, the FCS, get rid of the, um, you know, the the one double A's, whatever the heck you want to yeah. call them get rid of them and just play your conference and play, you know, eight conference games and three out of conference and go from there. I think that would be great. Okay. Keep conference yeah. championship games though. Oh yeah. I like the conference, yeah. especially in the big 12. Some of these conferences, they're getting away with divisions, just taking the top two. And it's going to be a battle because so many of these conferences are going to be playing for that home yeah. game that yeah. or excuse me, that buy. That so would you want, home like to be played at that school for the first and second rounds and then maybe like semifinals and finals are at neutral field. Well, I think they're going the, I think they're going the first round is home field. Okay. Unless Notre, you know, let's say Notre Dame, it's a blizzard that week. The home team could opt, uh, could play at a different location so they could pick the Hoosier dome, go play down there, you yeah. know, which, which you'd pack that place. So. I, I like that. I like that home field for that because yeah. you battle for it. That's, that's the, the top eight are going to get either a buy or a home game. And that's, that's college football. You've competed at the highest and won those games to get in the top eight and you're going to get rewarded. Yeah. So no, 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 no one, especially if you're a Southern team, if you're old miss, you know, and let's say they're 12, just using a hypothetic one year. So you're old miss and you're going to 11 and one Notre Dame. Who's the fifth seed in South Bend, December 5th. Or December twelfth to play in South Bend, Indiana. Those guys are going to hate that. So I think the the proposals is that Notre Dame, even if they go undefeated, they yeah. can't get a buy. So that's um, yeah, that that's that's interesting. But I do think that Notre Dame would definitely get in this a lot. I think that they would. Yeah, have a- you go well. You got to win games. They won it this year, so nine and three, you're out. Ten ten and two is going to be the interesting thing because. Where does Notre Dame, you know, who are those two losses to? That's when Notre Dame is going to be tricky and the controversy is because they've had some great 10 and two teams, but do they get in that top 12? You know, Mr. Hyde, great show today. So um, Thursday, we'll have plenty of YouTube content with Freeman's press conference and uh, Tyler Horker's reaction to it. 1 p.m. Eastern time recruiting live show Friday. Tim and I will have our, uh, uh, 
Boston College preview video and predictions. We'll have our post-game show, Goolsby show Sunday. I mean, we've, we've got it all on our Blue and Gold YouTube channel, so please do um, continue to support us. Hit the thumbs up on all of our videos, even if you don't even watch it. This just really helps support and grow our channel. Subscribe to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, please do head to bloomandgold.com, our current offer. So I always tell folks, like, if you like this, this kind of interaction, just one-on-one, and like the information you get here, so much more on our website. Maybe you can't watch or listen to this while you're at work, but you can certainly slack off and, and check out blueandgold.com and read some articles and banter with Tim Hyde, talk some football with him, talk some recruiting with me, um, you know, talk with thousands of other Notre Dame fans and the current deal is $10 gets you access through the start of next football season. So pay $10 right now and you won't um, have a charge again until next football season. So really just a week is, is worth, you know, that 10 bucks right there with the amount of time I guarantee you're going to spend on that message board. So yeah, please do head to blueandgold.com and consider subscribing, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for, for us. Um, we will catch you guys on Friday with another video. And then again, Saturday post game show. I um, appreciate everyone. And we'll catch you next time.